Welcome to the Friendship Fruit Podcast, where I get to talk about lessons I've learned through friendships I've seen grow through time and many seasons, especially in my friendship with my creator. I'm Melanie. I love dogs, architecture, and ice cream, especially the variety with cookie dough. Thank you for spending some time here, even if it's just my dad. Hello, you dad. Each of us has the power to speak to people every single day beyond what we typically think of, even without moving our lips. You don't have to be Jeff Dunham or Darcy Lynn and have a creepy puppet or even know sign language, but your daily decisions, especially on appearance, can speak beyond words. Not too long ago, I was considering the number of items in my closet, mostly because I had recently had to purchase new hangers because I didn't have enough to handle the clothes that I own. That's never been an issue before because I used to not shop so much and I used to be good about getting rid of old clothes. The habit of purging favors my current life situation because I don't have a strapping husband to move big boxes for me and as a young person, moving is something I do quite frequently. One time I got rid of some clothes mid-move when I was driving down the highway in Grand Rapids and a box popped open in the back of my brother's pickup and some of my clothes decorated 131. Less is more. I want to have a manageable and easily transportable closet. I've had occasions where half of my clothes are in piles in my room and I still have plenty of clothes. It's ridiculous. And I have a feeling I'm not alone in this issue. And yeah, we need to address it, guys. So with my closet editing, I have been trying to be more modest in my choice of clothes and what I keep versus what I get rid of. I'm going through a modesty purge. I mean, I've always been pretty conservative, but now more than ever, I'm okay with the people might kind of think a momish aesthetic. This is new for me because I remember that being something I was super self-conscious about in grade school. Teenagers don't have a lot to talk about, so of course, they poke fun at dress. I followed a dress code when I was younger, more strict than the one that my high school enforced, and being a teenager, I would find occasions to push the boundaries. I was basing my wardrobe around these specific rules, not really any ethical or spiritual belief. I told myself, as long as I'm following this set of rules, I'm okay. This, of course, made those rules hard and even ridiculous to follow. And I cringe to think how often when someone would ask me how I dre- why I dress how I dress, I would just say, because of my religion. That proved sufficient for most, but looking back, I would never want that to be true. When you make a set of rules about any lifestyle, dress, diet, exercise, relationships, you're playing a game without integrity, without substance, and without meaning. You're setting yourself up to push the rules you don't truly believe in to the point of bending and breaking. So why do I dress the way that I dress? Dedication to my faith more than religion. That means it's internal motivation, not external. 1 Timothy 2.9 tells about how women should dress modestly and not spend their time just making themselves look physically prettier and prettier. Throughout the good book, there are ideas of seeking God first, not anything else. That includes praise from people, that includes assimilation to cultural good looks, and that includes being appealing and attractive to as many as possible. The Bible talks very little about typical everyday clothing or dress when you consider how big the Bible is, which leads me to think that we should not be giving it as much attention in our society as we do. There used to be mornings when I would spend hours getting ready, and though I try to be better, my fashion board on Pinterest will tell you that I'm definitely not free of guilt. 
So I think it was my senior year of high school, I took a permanent marker and wrote across the top of my mirror a statement that I would read every day. Are you showing off God today? So I had to ask, am I showing off me or God? Do people see a faithful person first or someone who just wants to be attractive to everyone she meets? I didn't want to risk those looking at me as seeing something and not someone, just a body and not a soul. A recent New York Times article called Modest Dressing as a Virtue talked about modest dress and how in it is and why. And I thought it was awesome to see an ordinary, non-religious news source talking about modesty at all. The author says, Once we've seen it all, from Emily Ratajkowski's fabulous breasts to Kim Kardashian's monumental butt, it now seems as if the most radical gesture could only be involving donning a baggy jumpsuit or a generously cut midi skirt. Yeah, okay, New York Times. I've been saying that since forever, so I'm so hip. The whole article touched mostly on feminism and self-expression. My drive has been faith-informed rather than self-promoting fashion, humility. But they did bring up some interesting and thought-provoking points that that were good to think about, but it makes me think of Morgan Freeman's whole if you want to stop racism, then stop talking about it quote. More directed at women, I would say if you want to stop anti-feminism or misogynistic behavior, stop talking about it. Start talking about your passions and dreams and how you're working to achieve them with conviction and without a doubt. Even so, I got all excited because I do like talking about modesty. Recently, on the Well-Fed Women podcast, one of the hosts, Stephanie Ruper, was telling about why she believes that holistic health and living goes beyond your medicine cabinet to your kitchen table to your wardrobe and why she has begun to dress more conservatively. It's not just to hide her body from men or the world or whatever. This is what I always believed to be the reason growing up because everything related to sex. And in my head, most rules were just stopping those darn teenagers from having so much sex and getting all the STDs and getting pregnant. Rupert, from what I understand, is a somewhat non-religious middle-aged author and said she dresses modestly to make other women feel comfortable in their skin. When slender girls dress and photograph themselves in waist-narrowing and thigh-gap-revealing ways, maybe wearing restricting or uncomfortable clothing just to look good, or show off their skinniness, which may have been achieved by poor and even dangerous lifestyle choices and eating habits just to get crowdsourced likes, they are promoting a very unhealthy culture. This podcast is always good about pointing out that it's not bad to be relatively small, but it's also not bad to be relatively large. They don't talk numbers, be it weight or clothing sizes. They recognize in nearly every episode that every woman is unique and they should be trying to be the healthiest version of themselves without putting stress on their body. Skinny is such a funny word. I saw a meme that I thought was clever once that said, do you want to know how to be skinny? Step one. Realize you're covered in skin. Voila, you're skinny. Even beyond fashion and self-image, your decisions in other areas speak too. 
I follow this girl, Erin Motz, founder of Bad Yogi, a web-based super non-perfect yoga enthusiast forum. And she had an Instagram story once talking about how her and her husband buy organic foods because she looks at it as a vote toward a more sustainable agriculture. Every purchase, every decision that you make is a vote. Some people never vote in elections or whatever, but your daily decisions are votes toward how you're encouraging society to run. Even if you're unaware of it, you're voting. We all, as consumers, are voting. You can't not vote. So, even if you're not an outgoing person, even if you just go about your day like everyone else, trying to survive, even if you're silent, you're still speaking. It's like that overused but very true cliche that action speaks louder than words. The clothes you wear, the kind of food you buy, each touch you have with the public realm is essentially a vote. Even the furniture you buy, where you live, how involved you are in your community and the habits you form, the decisions you make in real life, in reality, count. Not what you would put in a lifestyle blog or how you would fill out a dating profile, not your pie-in-the-sky intentions and dreams, but what you actually do what you did today, how you're planning to spend the rest of the day. Every face that you see and pass by sees and passes by you. They see the clothes you wear. They see the way you conduct yourself. It's all a statement and a vote on how you think you, as a representation of every characteristic of yourself, should be viewed in society. Isn't that crazy? If you're grasping what I'm saying, all of that seems like a lot of pressure but you really are that important. Now, I'm not suggesting that every person on this planet should never use social media or TV as a method to avoid contributing to a perpetually negative public stream of information, but it might be a good idea to get rid of it, at least for a little while. Call it a cleanse, so that you can find out for yourself how you would really like to be viewed, and not learn from someone else's version of a story, you know? Realize that you can rise up above stereotypes, above what people assume about you, and above what you assume about yourself. Realizing that I have that kind of power to advocate for myself, my community, my church, my race, my gender, makes me want to do something amazing. It makes me want to smile at everyone that I meet and wear clothes that bring attention to my smiling face not toward my body that has both many surprisingly good and bad days. It makes me want to buy food and products where I understand how and where they are made. The closer you are to understanding where your consumed goods come from, the more okay you can be with it, and the more you can truly say you are living the life you want to live. Understanding leads to knowledge. Psalm fifteen fourteen says that the discerning heart seeks knowledge but the mouth of a fool feeds on folly. And the coolest thing is that every single person living on this planet makes these choices every day. Every single one. Be the change that you wish to see in the world, as Gandhi said. Every race, every ethnicity, every income bracket, everyone. And the loudest voices are those that challenge the regular, the typical, and the ordinary. So be extraordinary. Maybe you already knew all of this. Maybe it's not that surprising or as revelatory as I'm making it sound. But maybe you just needed a reminder. 
This kind of a reminder makes me want to be intentional about every choice that I make. What does it make you want to do? This has been the first episode of the Friendship Fruit Podcast. I wanted to thank my friend Ashton for motivating me to get on here and giving me a how-to on how to start. And yeah, it's been exciting. I This podcast episode was read from a Google Doc that I started in January 2018. So to finally have it recorded and ready to be sent out is super exciting. I want to thank you personally for listening to this, and I can't wait to see what it turns into.